Rugga Matrix America College Edition is brought to you by the new look RugbyMag.com and the USA Sevens Collegiate Rugby Championships June 4th to 5th at PPL Park in Philadelphia. Go to RugbyMag.com for details and also check out USA7sCRC.com. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Rugga Matrix America College Edition. This is the last one, well, almost the last one in April. Anyway, suddenly the season is almost over. It's kind of scary. And uh, my name is Alex Goff, and I am editor of RugbyMag.com and Rugby Magazine. And with me is Bruce McLean and Pat Clifton, and we're going to talk college rugby. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good, good. It's, uh, it's been a good Easter so far. Yes, Easter Sunday, Sunday afternoon. But uh, I, I will say that the whole Easter Bunny thing, I'm trying to stop eating junk food and, and lose weight. So it's been killing me to have these chocolate bunnies standing there and, and staring me in the face, desperately wanting to be eaten by me. But I have so far, so far, I have I have held out on the temptations to eat chocolate bunnies. I was. Uh, Do you realize that those chocolate bunnies aren't actually there? You're the only one who sees them. Alex, they're sitting there right in front of There's two of them. My brother bought them from a place called Lee Sims in Jersey City. It's the best chocolate you could ever hope to get. And, and I had ones from, oh, my God, it's, this is driving me crazy. My wife filled my wife filled little eggs with Hershey bars and things. I mean, I got a five-pound Hershey bar for Christmas, and I ate it in two and a half days. So, I mean, you were talking to them. <laughs> you were talking. You don't get a body like this by skipping meals. That's, that's so, hardcore. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, I am a hardcore chocoholic. Okay, well, we had the the second last week in uh, college premier division, and we're going to start with that. And uh, now we know everybody who's going to be in the playoffs, and we we know every uh, conference champion except for one. And uh, and so we'll run down the scores real quick. Rutgers got their big upset against Cutstown, 15-13. to 13. Uh, Navy defeated Delaware, 32-19. Central Washington, 55-29 over UCLA. Uh, Dartmouth, 33-5 over Ohio State. Army, 50-26 to 26 over Penn State. And that, that was the game that clinched, uh, well, well, essentially eliminated Penn State from the playoffs. It didn't clinch anything it clinched both Army and Navy into the playoffs and eliminated Penn State. Notre Dame twenty to nothing over Oklahoma. Arkansas State fifty two to seventeen over A and M, and that uh, confirmed Arkansas State as number one and Life as number two in the Mid South. Arizona State uh, won a, a real tight one twenty three twenty one over Air Force, and Arizona thirty six to twenty six over Colorado. Utah seventy-four to nineteen over Colorado State on Friday, and then ninety-seven to nothing over Wyoming on Saturday. California seventy-nine to twenty-six over Cal Poly, and UC Davis got their first win of the season, twenty to five, over Claremont Colleges. So we know that Army and Navy are one and two in Rugby East. We just don't know which one's one and which one's two, and they play each other next weekend. And then in the Mid South, Arkansas State is number one. Life is number two. In the West, BYU is number one, Utah is number two, 
and in the Pacific, California is number one and St. Mary's number two. So first off, I wanted to ask uh, Bruce, you know, Bruce, you were at the Army Penn State game, and I wanted to find out, is Army the best team in the East that you can tell? What did you think of them? I thought that Army was a was a very strong team. I, I think that they have a, a hardworking pack of forwards. Bill LeClaire is coaching the the scrum, so the scrum is operating relatively efficiently. And although they did get popped for a few uh, scrum feeds, and it, it was it was kind of needless for them to do that. So I, I don't know what they were thinking by feeding the ball, or, or maybe they didn't feed it and there were bad calls. I, I couldn't see from my vantage point, but I will. I, I think that their their back line has an enormous amount of potency. The thing is, are they capable of stringing together and playing a game that, that they're – can they play to their potential? And and they didn't do that again against Penn State. Although the score line was, was 50 to uh, 26, the Penn State team it – was, it was 22-19 somewhere in the middle of the second half. And, and Army was dominating the game for the most part, but Penn State kept – being able to get back into what Army either had a case of the dropsies or a couple little things that caused them. Uh, but the potency and, and the class and the fitness and, and the ability to finish, and as we've discussed on the program in the past, that although tries get scored in the last 15, 20 minutes, all the points count. You play rugby right. for 80 minutes and all the points count. So they are 25 points better than Penn State. Now, Penn State also... Penn State also had a lot of freshmen. I think they had six freshmen out of seven in their back line, and they definitely had a freshman at lock. And they had so they had they had a they had a bit of inexperience, and there was a real size differential there, that was tough. And going into the Army Navy game, it, you got to say that is a complete crapshoot. the The thing that I would give the edge to Army on is home field advantage, and I also think that. Will Holder played 10 this weekend for Army, and I think that helped them. It helped them quite a bit. So I think that if they keep Will at 10 and they have a good week of practice, they have a pretty strong kicking game there, and then they're able to really utilize their wings. They have powerful centers. They have a, they have a, a hardworking pack, and I think that that's the game is going to be very interesting. It's at 5 o'clock at West Point. I can't, Alex, I can't make a legit, I can't make a legitimate pick there. Um, I really can't. It, you know, it is, it is a really tough one because they they do have the, the things that they do well. They do extremely well, and the things that they don't really generally do well. You don't think of Navy as really being sophisticated in the backs and being. Uh, they don't usually have an awful lot of pace. They have a lot of power, but they don't have a lot of pace, and they work very very hard and they defend. Uh, you know, all eighty minutes. So I and that's that's fine. They do all that extremely well. And then Army, you know, I've seen a little bit of of what they're able to do, and they do have some some talent in the backs. And Ben Leotigaga, who is their wing, who scores most of their tries, and I think he scored what three, four, uh, five. He Five. was uh, he he was uh, it 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 was kind of a men against boys situation. You you got to remember that there were a lot of freshmen in the back line for Penn State, and I I don't think that it was one of those things. Hey man, I'm not I'm not uh I you know the, it was kind of like the Penn State point tackle. You've got him. I've got cover. 
<laughs> much too important <laughs> to make that hit. That that's probably an area that let Penn State down is they're tackling against Army has power and pace. I'll tell you that. It's a matter of whether or not they can hang on to the ball and and and, and eliminate the drop passes. But Army does have power and pace in the back line. They're not the biggest forward pack in the world, though. So they, I don't know how big Navy's forward pack is. They look pretty big in the pictures. They look like pretty, you know, well put together. Guys. It's, yeah. it's gonna be it's it's gonna be an interesting game. It, it is Army Navy, and it doesn't matter who's going out there. These guys are gonna want to kill each other. And 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 essentially, when you when you take a look at it, that game is a twenty thousand dollar game. And we'll get into why it's a twenty thousand dollar game in a in, in in a later segment. Did have the opportunity to watch uh, Utah perform a little bit this weekend, and yeah, they won they won uh, they won their their games with impressive scores. But these are Colorado State and Wyoming are the two teams that we have ranked right now thirty and thirty one out of the thirty one teams in the in the Premier Division, and Utah. Has they they have weapons that it, I mean it's not just Don Patti, scrum half and and Threaten Palamo who played both games uh, this weekend it, they've got they've got um, Tuinau they've got uh, Latui they have uh, a very good uh, back row with Jerzak um, anchoring that group but there were so many chances especially against Colorado State where they just they they'd let them go. There were some bad passes, including and Don Patti's a great player, but I saw him make some pretty pretty uh, iffy passes. There were a lot of drop balls. There was a five on one at one point that was dropped. A lot of little things that you know. While Utah is is pretty entertaining, and they're they're going to play a looser style of rugby. They want to draw you into a looser style of rugby to to achieve what they want to do. They have to execute to be able to do that, and there was there was just sort of, it, it, it they really looked, um, they they really looked unpredictable in a bad way against Colorado State at times. Now yeah, they scored seventy nine points against them, but they still didn't look great. I recall saying some similar things last week after watching them play Air Force and mm-hmm. uh, kind of getting called to the carpet by you saying, "Well, they made it to national semifinal playing this way." There's no doubt they've got a, a lot of great talent. But, uh, yeah, they haven't put together their complete game yet, no matter how bad they, they won against those two teams this weekend. So that's what I was saying. Okay, I, okay. well, you, you got me there. You, you, got, you got me there, but what I was saying was that style of play. There's nothing wrong with that style of play. What I, no. but, but what I'm but, – but if, if – you know, and I'll, I'll apologize to you if, if, if I misunderstood that and, and to, to say that you – know, I'm all for the style of play – it's just that they're not executing it particularly well. Well, a couple things about Utah. They were unsure of the threatened Palamo situation up until probably Thursday. So I, I, I was speaking to Blake during the week about that. They were unsure as to how that was all going to play out because he has a rugby scholarship now. And, you know, if he – and he's got a football scholarship pending. So there's, there was a couple of, couple of things as to, hey, should he – just not play, but got his rugby scholarship. Would the football coach do that for him? You know, so there's a couple of couple of little things there. Now, I want to get in that that that's all, and I think that that's going to settle in as they all practice together and, and get a little bit more game time and, and a little bit more practice time together. Lastly, that part about that style of play, there is a problem with that style of play. There is a problem with loosey goosey rugby. 
there is a problem with trying to draw teams into a frantic game. The problem is you can only beat teams doing that that you are significantly better than. The minute you run up to a team that's as good as you or better than you or almost as good as you, you wind up in a dogfight. And you wind up in deep trouble because what essentially you what usually happens is that you beat yourself. And that you try you don't have a plan B. And I think that I do have a serious problem with a style of play that just revolves around being very loosey goosey. You have got to be you've got to be see ve- you've got to be very, very solid in set piece. You've got to be very solid in the basics. And you have to execute very ruthlessly and efficiently. Otherwise, you're no, you not going to beat. No, you you have to. I, I, if you, you want to beat a team that's no, better, I am not wrong. If you want to beat a team that's better than you, then you had better play a damn good style of rugby. And if you think that you can go out there and try to out athlete a good team, and you better be way better than them. You, you. I think you have the characterization of of Utah incorrect here because we, no, we didn't say you were you, saying the style of play was loosey goose. No, I, I, oh, no, no, I did not use, I did maybe, not, maybe, maybe I, maybe I misinterpreted. What I did not, I did not please, use that term please, because please, please reinterpret yourself. I, I, and I'll decide whether or not I'm cool with what you say. I did not use that term loosey goosey. I think it's a negative term. I think it's a wide open style of play. I think it's unpredictable, but I, and I think that, if I use that term, and I can go back and check, but I'm, I think they want to draw other people into playing a loosey, loose type of style play because that falls into their hands. I do think that you can play that way and win, and you can beat teams that are, that are even a little bit better than you in certain areas. However, you do have to execute on more than just that you you you're not playing sevens and you you do have to have a good forward pack and you do have to be able to do certain things but you don't have to be locked in to one specific way of playing that you have to we we set a ruck here that we go through certain phases here there is there is room for some artistic interpretation in this game bruce no there's total no there is room for artistic interpretation in the game but there also has to most of the artistic interpretation in the game is relatively well planned. What will happen is they may have strike runners coming through and you seemingly the guy makes this brilliant line. It's just a gamble runner. It's a pre-planned line that he's not a supporter. He's a gamble runner. If a break is on, he makes a play. A lot of these things that seem the, the most beautiful form of rugby is the simple execution of the basics. And that's what gives you a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. The reason the All Blacks are so difficult to beat are because they're multiple skilled players. There's people who can run, they can pass, and they can kick. And all three of those options are very valid. Kicking, Playing a kicking game is smart and sensible. Playing a passing game is smart and sensible at times. And playing a running game is smart and sensible at times. Everything is a, val- is a very valid way of using the ball. I'm just saying that a lot of what happens, if you can execute the basics with flawless precision, that is the most beautiful form of rugby there is. And that's all I'm saying is that you can't just go out. It's not a, it's not a whimsical thing. It isn't something that happens by accident. 
And if it if you make it so if you think that it's something that happens by accident, I I just don't I don't buy that. That's well, no, I would rather that's, good than lucky. Let's put it that way. That that that's fine. And actually, that is my point. That it is not by accident. That it is planned. And to play that way is planned. And that's fine. You could you want people who can run, catch and pass and kick. But when you run and or go into contact, when you catch and pass and when you kick is all part of how you play. And Utah I say, is. I didn't, say, I didn't say run into contact, baby. I'm talking. Well, no, no, that's grass. that's what that's. That I just grass and high tides forever. That's no. that's what I said. I, Run, I didn't, running I didn't. into running into contact is the point I'm making. That uh, Utah will run and pass more often than other teams that will choose to go into contact, and that is their game. But if they're going to do that, they're going to have to execute better. Moving on to the ramifications of that game, Utah won their number two in the West. We know for sure our our college premier division brackets, except for the Army Navy thing. So these are are the brackets. Uh, Utah will be at Army or Navy. They'll they'll be at the winner of that game. And I hate to say I'm rooting for Army in the Army <laughs> Navy game, but then you get to see that game. Well, I'm with that's there's two reasons I get to see it. My friends coach there, and 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 will and I'm one of friends with Flanagan too. Not as close with him as 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 the other guys, but uh, but the and and also. Will Holder plays for Army, but the big thing is, Will. I think it's the Will Holder thing, and I and I get and I get to go to the game, uh, and and also in that bracket, Life will be at California. So the winners of those two games will will meet each other May fifth, May fourteenth. Sorry, at Infinity Park in Glendale, Colorado, and then the loser of the Army Navy game goes to BYU, and St. Mary's is going to Arkansas State. Uh, Pat, give give me a pick on uh, on that bracket, the BYU um, Army or Navy and uh, St. Mary's Arkansas State group. What do you think? Well, I think BYU is going to beat Army or Navy. It doesn't matter who. I think BYU is an absolute steamroller this year. Um, and Arkansas State, uh, as we kind of talked about last week, um, you know, I would like them if healthy. I don't know how healthy they're going to be. Um, you know, it's come to my attention. Artis Wessels, Roland Evans are out. Um you know, David Caswell's been out most of the season. Dean Garica, their, their outside center, is out. But even with their injuries, they put on a, a great beating of A&M. I think it was 54-17, if I remember right. I mean, A&M is a great team that lost to Utah, if you guys remember, last year in the playoffs by just three. And these guys came out with four very, very important players, three All-Americans not on the team, and just pounded a Texas A&M team. I think it was 45-3 to before A&M finally scored a try. Uh, in the second half, so you know, Arkansas State is is not only good; they're they're good and they're deep. And I will give the nod to Arkansas State. And you know, the trip from from Moraga to Jonesboro is not going to be an easy one. And anybody who can, you know, point to those places on a map without names being on them, just throw the dots up there and show me where Moraga and Jonesboro are and come within two or three cities, I'll be pretty impressed. So that's not going to be an easy trip either. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll work on our geography lesson, but I, th- I, I think you make the point that uh, Arkansas State is deeper than just the, the names that people have heard of, and uh, yeah, they, they could be just fine. Now, uh, St. Mary's is a, is a team that can, if the, if the, the type of game goes their way, um, they're, they're very, very good, and they're not intimidated by anybody. So I think, I, I think it's a game that we'll all, we'll all look at and say, you know, we're pretty excited about. Um, Bruce? Jones. 
Jonesboro, by the way, is a remote part of Arkansas. That's not easy to get to. That's not. Yeah, you have you 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 have to fly into Memphis generally, and then drive a long way to get in there. Um, Bruce, uh, life at California and then uh, Utah at Army or Navy. Do you do you think? It matter. I, I think we kind of established that it doesn't really matter whether Utah goes to Army or Navy, other than you get to watch one game and not the other one. Uh, they'll they'll probably run into the same type of team, and then California's got to be favored against life. All right, California's definitely favored against life, especially out in California, and and I also think that um, life is a young team, and and I and I don't know that they're. I don't know that they're good enough to win. I think they're good enough to give them a little bit of a game, probably a little bit more of a game than Cal seen uh, since St. Mary's, and 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 they're probably a little bit bigger than St. Mary's, so they they can give they can give them a game. I don't see them winning that game. I don't see Army or Navy going into altitude at BYU in a hostile environment, really playing against teams from Utah, BYU, and stuff. The crowd is hostile. It's not. It's not your. T- they're not a tame crowd. They're a very, very hostile crowd. They're a difficult crowd to play against, and and the, and the same will be said at, at Cal Berkeley. It's not going to be an easy crowd for uh, for life to deal with. It's very partisan. So I think that I think that th- those are those are going to be those are going to make those games difficult. Now, on top of the fact that that Cal and BYU are the class of of college rugby and have shown it, I think that. Um, I'm I'm actually going to tip St. Mary's to beat Arkansas State in Arkansas, provided the uh, provided the weather isn't isn't dreadful, because um, I think weather's an equalizer. But I I you never know what's going to happen in that in in that case. <clears throat> but one of the reasons I think that I think St. Mary's kind of feels that they owe them one from last year, and I think that your your article last year during the game with a showed a try that was disallowed that where the snapshot showed that it was clearly a try and you went through the the thing. I think that I think that they're feeling that and they had a few injuries last year. I don't know if Chad Clark is healthy, St. Mary's is a different team. And and he wasn't healthy against um against Central. And and I think that I, I my money would be on St. Mary's in that one. Especially since Tim O'Brien is is playing it down as much as he is. So my money goes if the more he starts acting like he has no chance and he's like, ah, oh, you know, then 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 I, I start to think more and more and more that he totally believes it and he's just he's trying to pull the wool over your eyes. So no he would, I, he I'm would love go St. Mary's there. He would love to sneak up on someone. The thing about the life California game, I, I think the Bears have that one, but what what I think may happen is that in Maybe two years, life might be looking back at that game as the one that really helped them develop into an even better program. This is this is the situation now that they they, they did go to uh, Arkansas State and they lost by two, and they did lose that that one big game. And this is another huge game for them. And I think that they'll learn an awful lot. And and I and I would hope. You know that those young guys will learn an awful lot. So, so they, that could be a, a on a long term deal. It's a, it, it's an important game. Now the 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 thing that came up, um, we're talking about it now. The travel, the travel is is tough for some of these teams. Now, uh, life flies from from Atlanta to uh, to uh, San Francisco. That's not really a uh, that terrible a, a flight. Um, 
flying into Salt Lake City is a little bit harder because it's not a very big airport. Depends on what kind of flights you can get, things like that. Flying to Arkansas State, as we said, you have to fly into Memphis or or somewhere else. The 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 airfares and some of these destinations uh, are going up. They're certainly not going down with the gas prices the way they are, and the the things aren't settled completely right now because Utah Utah can't buy tickets because they're either they're either flying in into New York or they're flying into wherever you fly in to go to Annapolis with um, and uh, and yeah yeah and 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 Army and Navy can't buy tickets because they haven't decided which one of them is traveling so it it, it becomes later and later to deal with this and th- and this is not and the NCAA basketball tournament where there's so much money involved that it suddenly just gets thrown around and say that's no problem we can we can pay for an $800 air, uh, airplane ticket it's 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 expensive so the the, the question and, and Bruce you you have uh, kind of a, a a really useful insight into this is the uh, is the cost sharing should there have been cost sharing in this league because we had 31 teams that if, if 31 teams had contributed uh, – well, let, let's, let's just say they, they contributed $1,000 each. So that's $31,000 to divide among 18 oh, – sorry, um, among four teams that are traveling in the quarterfinals. So that's r- almost $8,000, which would, 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 would help them significantly in paying for these travel costs. But but is it feasible? What do you think? Um, all right, th- this is kind of it, it is a, a thing that I first off the the way the Super League cost shares and 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 the college rugby teams decided not to cost share. That's their own prerogative. I don't think anybody should do anything. I would have chosen to do a cost share if I was in. I would have wanted to do a cost share if I was in that league for the simple reason of. If you lose, there's no penalty financially to lose. If you win, there is a penalty. Whereas if you win in football or basketball, there's an incentive to win because there's a financial reward. In rugby, if you win, there's a financial penalty. So I'm saying if you if you lose, say there's – Say there's thirty, there's thirty-one teams. Eight teams make the playoffs, so there's there's uh there's twenty-three teams out of the, out of the running. Those teams, those twenty-three teams, in my mind, you could you could cost share it through to thirty-one. But this is how I would do it. I would say those twenty-three teams who didn't make it pay for the quarterfinal travel tickets, the the plane tickets for the players, and that's it. The coaches and and the travel staff and all that, that's fine. They eat that, and those teams also eat the buses, ground transport, and the hotel. So the teams that make the playoffs aren't safe. It's not like a big deal. So those teams go, and it, it costs about it'll cost about um fifteen grand a team to travel, all, all said and done. Maybe maybe ten grand. So whatever. Say, say it's say it's fifty grand divided by the twenty three teams. So it's about two grand a team. It's going to cost you two grand to lose. Now there's going to be four more losers. And then there's going to be, so they're going to go to Glendale. There'll be four teams going to Glendale. Say it costs about 40 grand, 10 grand each, you know, to get there. 
for for lack of a and they have to deal with again their own ground transportation and all that kind of stuff and hotels. So then you get those those four those four teams. They're they're bonused in. So there's 27 teams down. 27 teams have to pay 40 grand. It's another 1500 bucks or whatever it is. And then two other losers. And then you go to the final. Now, chances are BYU will be in the final. So if BYU is in the final and Utah would have to play Cal if they won. So it would probably be BYU or Utah. So, um, and, and then you'd have, you would only have to pay for one team to get there. Say it's another 10 grand. And then that 10 grand gets, so you could really cost share out maybe, you know, four grand out. Or you could say the whole thing costs 120 grand or whatever it is and divide it by the 30 teams and it's about four grand. That's what the I would have done. The fundamental problem with that is, and I've talked about it, and maybe I'm off base here, but there are teams who I think are at the end of this year are going to look at their bottom line and what it's cost to be a participant and say, is it worth it for us to do this? And then if you heap on an extra four grand or two grand, even that, on top of that calculation, it tips it even more into the red uh, than it already was and maybe tips the scale on that decision. And if you can't, I mean, if you need an incentive to win, I don't know why you ever got into the college from your division to begin with. Well, it's not a matter, Pat, no, I totally understand. It's not a matter of having an incentive to win. It's a matter of that if you're going to be in the league, you better go in with the – with the idea that you're going to win. And if you're right. just going with the idea that I'm going in here because I want to be cool and be part of this, then, bro, you're paying for it. I don't think that you should go into something and act like you're cool and you're part of it without having to deal with the financial ramifications of being in it. The difference is, and I don't want to get into what the Super League as far as, you know, it, it, is a team that has the most money or most resources is a team that's winning? I don't know that. I don't want to get into that. But in college rugby, you can draw a direct line with a lot of these teams, these top eight teams, and then the top four and the top two of their resources, their money, their scholarships. That's a large part of the reason why they are where they are. You can draw a direct line in college between resources and winning, and that ain't just in rugby. That's across the board in sports, in college sports. It, 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 look, and we can get into the Super League because it, it, I, I mean, I know that inside out and backward. But all I'm saying is, in the, I just think that everybody should have a stake in the playoffs. If everybody should have a stake in in the playoffs, that's just my, that's my personal opinion. And I understand. And, and, and I, understand, I, spoke, but... I spoke to Tim O'Brien about this, and he said he brought it up a couple times at the meeting and got shot down. But that also my, – my other feeling is it's their prerogative. They don't have to do things the way I say to do it. I could care less if they do it you, you, my you way. Know what? I don't, that doesn't you, matter. You know, I see why they might have said no in, in simply the case that this was a, 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 a from whole cloth competition. They'd started a whole bunch of – they'd started a whole new way of playing. And they also said that you're going to have to get some money and backing behind to, to travel – more than you normally – for many of the, the teams, more than you normally would. And we want you to put some more support into getting better venues, making sure that you film every game, a whole bunch of different little things. And maybe it was one thing that everyone said or a number of people said, you know what, let's worry about that some other time. I could see them coming back and, again, looking at whether there's any fallout, whether there are any programs that want to get back 
want to get in and expand the league or whether there, there are any that want to drop out and it, and it drops down to 28 or, or 24, whatever it is. And then maybe one, when it stabilizes after the season, perhaps it, it br- gets brought back on the table because I think it should be brought back on the table. I do think it's a shame to punish teams that, uh, for winning. And it's something that happens in uh, American rugby throughout the entire sport from the top to the bottom is that if you win, there's somebody on a club who's kind of secretly hoping that you don't win because then they're going to have to spend an awful lot of money. And we've, we've seen teams win their way out of existence because they were so broke after making several championship trips. And here we've got, if you are a good, and we, we know that Cal and BYU have a lot of money, so, but they get, they're going to get a home game. So they're going to take two trips. But it, but you could be flying if you if if you went on a roll and I would love to see it uh, from a rugby standpoint. If you went on a roll, you'd have to make a flight to across the country, and then a week later fly to uh, Glendale, and then a week after that fly to Utah. It is very very expensive, and and doing that with five or six days notice, we're talking unfortunately not ten thousand dollars for. Uh, a team to to travel. We're talking twenty. Well, well, one of the things, and 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 I have experience with this too. Um, it, there was a year, and it was I think it was two thousand seven, when the AC needed to beat on back with a bonus point at our field on the last day of the season in the bye week, and we did in order to make the playoffs to put us at five and two. So, and we did that, and we made the playoffs, and. We didn't say boo to the team. Tolks and I went up into the office at the AC, called United, and we had we were sitting there trying to make flights while there was another guy downstairs texting us who was healthy and who was unhealthy to play. Like we didn't we didn't even know who wouldn't be able to play the following week if they were pretty hurt. And we had to give names and everything. it was it was pretty crazy as that and that's the kind of turn so in the event St. Mary's beats Arkansas State, they can't just, you know, celebrate and leave. They got to make a flight arrangement from Moraga. And, and that's every immediately that, 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 that that's every team that wins because yeah. you can't wait till Sunday. They're not working on Sunday. The group desk isn't working. So then, you, you know, you, the good thing is going to Glendale. You can get on the United flights because uh, United's a Denver hub. But it, it the, the travel issue is big, and I think that you know one of the things when, when they hired Todd Bell and doing the th- doing a tra- having a travel guy would have been more valuable than having having a guy. That's just my own my own opinion, and or they they do it through Travel Corps. I know most of the people do, um, and that's but that's that's fine. I'm just saying that the the the, the issue of this it, it, it's not an easy thing and if you want to be in the league and if you want to run with the big dogs and you want to play then then you should and and pat while i agree with you that the teams with the most resources generally win they don't always win and and you look at a team army and navy have very good resources penn state has good resources dartmouth has as good of resources as anybody and you know it's a matter of and 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 also in in fairness to BYU, Cal, St. Mary's, Penn State, Dartmouth, and they worked their tails off to get those resources. They no worked doubt. their Listen, tails off. I'm not saying they haven't. And no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, but, 
And I know, I know that. I'm not, I know that. But I'm saying it's not something that it's not. This isn't something that's impossible to pull off. I no, think it's, here's what, here's my it's something that's here's, easy. It's it's good to exp- aspire to it. My point is, my point is, some of these teams were fringe teams to even get into the thing because of the money they had. They didn't go to some tournaments that they normally would have gone to because of the money they had. They didn't go to Vegas because of the money they were worried about their bottom lines. So, what do you need to be sustainable? And it's ultimately the question I've asked about the Super League. How many teams do you need to be viable to be able to play a full schedule? And if 32 or close to 32 they feel is the number, then this is going to hurt that drastically if you went to cost-sharing this year or next year or, or any time in the near future, really, in my opinion. But if you feel like you need to be around 32, then cost-sharing is a bad thing. If you feel like you can get down to 16 to 24, I, I don't know if they've made a bottom-line number or gone through those scenarios, but – Depending on how many teams you feel you need to make this league successful, that's, I think, where you have to start with cost sharing. Because if you throw on two to 4,000, it is going to knock some teams out. But you know, you know what? Actually, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah you know it what? will. Can I, can I, can I, I want to answer that. I, I understand where you're coming from, and I agree with it. And I think they're trying to build a league, and I, and I get that. But one of the other things that Alex said, one of the things the Super League does is that, that, that people don't know, like there's somebody, one of the bloggers on GameLine thought that USA Rugby spends a hundred grand on the Super League. They don't. The Super League gives USA Rugby a hundred grand, and then they spend it on stuff, and they call it Super League spending. It's not. We give them the money, then they spend it. It has not. Like, they, we don't get anything from USA Rugby. Let's get that. The, the same thing, what we do is we charge, we charge an assessment every year, whether it's $2,000 a team or $5,000 a team. It really depends on the, on the, um, on the season. So we, what they can do is they can charge, even if it's $1,000 or $1,500 as a playoff assessment and say, okay, before the season starts, Everybody's chucking in a grand or two grand or or fifteen hundred dollars or whatever it is. You know beforehand, hey, this is what I'm into for the playoffs. But if I make the playoffs and I have to travel, then I'll get some of that back. I'll get a percentage of it back. Like you know, you may say say there's say there's two grand and there's thirty teams, and so there's about sixty grand in there. So for the quarterfinals, you get you know maybe thirty of it for the semis you get ten and for the finals you get five what would I, that was not even adding to sixty I would have failed <laughs> i would have fa- I would have lost on your son's math team and I was on the math team in grammar school and high school. God, that was horrible, but you know you get the you understand what i'm saying one of the what what i'd like we're going to move on here but uh the the thing about the college premier division was that it was started in part to be a showpiece for the game, for the American rugby game. And there would be sponsors, hopefully television, things like that would put funds into the competition. Now, we know that it's just started, so it, it, all this manna from heaven isn't just going to fall on. But but I, I'd like to keep Keep an eye on this because we can't let it just be, oh, just another thing where we talk big and then things just end up being kind of the same that it's always been done and teams end up spending a lot of money. I mean what I would love to see is enough money in the competition that you would actually flip it around instead of cost sharing to be able to say to, to a team, uh, we'll, we'll organize your travel but and we'll also 
cap your travel costs at a certain amount. So if there's a if there's a bad fare for somebody, that that'd be able to be covered, and that requires somebody to work awfully hard to get some sponsorship, some exposure, and some television coverage. The advent of the the CPD changed everything in Division One. We've got our Division One bracket set, which is uh, uh, pretty exciting. And in fact, uh, Pat Clifton, we can we're going to be launching a uh, is that a bird? Yes. Yes, it is. Due to technical difficulties, I've been driven outside. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, We're we're going to be – Pat Clifton, we're going to be launching a – Pat, did you just kill the bird? Because he's no longer talking. I said suddenly there's no bird. It's it's just weird. Uh, Pat Clifton, we're going to be launching a bracket prediction game on rugbymag.com and we do have our brackets up actually i i went in and, and ran my brackets and and looking at it i just I, I may have to start over because it's 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 weird there's just some really strange brackets going on here um real quick i'll i'll run them down and you talk about them uh, uh bowling green plays temple florida plays maryland oregon state plays ucsb stanford plays northern colorado that's in one side of the bracket and the other it's minnesota davenport Kansas State versus Texas State, Northeastern versus Harvard, and Southern Connecticut against University of Buffalo. So, uh, first of all, that Northeastern, Harvard, and Southern Connecticut versus Buffalo bracket. Buffalo is a good team, but I think it's kind of a weak group of four. Uh, Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you can look at all these other brackets and see, I think, at least two teams that you wouldn't be shocked if they made a run to the Final Four or Finals or, or even a championship I, I would be kind of knocked on the floor if any of these teams, um, Northeastern, Harvard, Connecticut, or Buffalo, uh, were managed to make it. You know, well, obviously one of them's going to make it to the semifinal, but managed to make the final. I would be absolutely floored. Uh, Minnesota, Davin, uh, Minnesota against Davenport and Kansas State against Texas State. Uh, even though Davenport's the only team to finish second that gets – we've got 15 divisions, so 15 champions and one second-place team, and that's Davenport. I like Davenport for this. I like them an awful lot. You know, they've they played, you know, Bowling Green to death, both games that they played on, uh, extremely close. Uh, Davenport is a very good team and a team with a lot of resources, as we mentioned earlier. They've got scholarships. Um, they've got uh, Phil Eloff's little brother, J.P. Eloff. They're very good. At the same time, Minnesota also pushed Bowling Green just a couple of weeks ago uh, in the Midwest Championship in Chicago, uh, a very close game. This, this is going to be the game of the first round, in my opinion. I don't think it's really even close. There are some other good ones, but Minnesota-Davenport, okay. the winner of that, I think, is my pick to go to the final from that side of the bracket. So the other the game, the one I like, actually, is uh, Oregon State. Uh, UC Santa Barbara. That's one I'm having a hard time picking a winner for. I as well. I don't know how good Oregon State is yet. Um, we don't have a lot of history of how they've done in playoffs recently or anything like that because they haven't been there a whole lot. Um, but they have been very, very impressive winning the NCRC. When I looked at the, the, the Northwest Collegiate Rugby Conference when they put it together, I thought, you know, they've got three teams in there that couldn't advance. They've got Simon Fraser. Uh, British Columbia and uh, and Central Washington. I thought for sure there would be some, you know, at least one of those teams would be the one winning the NCRC. If not, be one, two, and three. And I was absolutely wrong. Um, now, the, granted, those teams' strongest sides weren't in that conference, but for Oregon State to win it the way they did, I think was was really fantastic. But UCSB is really, really good too. I think. Or I think 
generally it'll, it'll probably come down, and this is a generalization, it'll come down to backs versus forwards. I think Oregon State has a good set of backs. They have some powerful runners, and I think UCSB has some decent forwards and, and, and you know some guys who, who can do the job up front. But I think the Gauchos' strength is in their backs, and I think Oregon State's, the uh, the Beavers' Uh, strength is in their forwards. Mark Weber. I actually sat next to Mark Weber, their head coach. I think uh, you just last... said that in the reverse about two seconds ago. I thought that you just said that Santa Barbara had had, had the Oregon State had the backs and that Santa Barbara. No, had I the didn't. Forwards. I didn't say they had the backs. I'm saying that they each have good units in the opposite. But oh, I, I but, thought you said it the yeah, opposite but, of what you yeah, just said. Right. I kind of did, but I I, did, I meant to. Uh, I, I sat next to Mark Weber, the Oregon State head coach, at my last coach coach's accreditation uh, session, and uh, he is a dyed in the wool old old time front row forward guy, and uh, and he doesn't have any fingernails left. The poor man is just uh, <laughs> I mean he is he's one big cauliflower ear, and he he knows forward play, and they will play a very tough game up front. Um, I don't know. That is a pick'em game, and then uh, then they face Stanford. And then in the other bracket, Florida against Maryland, Bowling Green against Temple. I've got Bowling Green running through this one. I do too. Um, you know, Maryland is is really kind of impressed me. They've got um, some guys like Richard Wang, who are the old guard guys who had played at Maryland when they weren't very good, and and Wang's a very good player. He's the MVP of the ACRL uh, championship game. So they've got a lot of young guys, uh, and Matias Sima being the the headliner of that bunch, a couple of Gonzaga players um, who are really good at nine and ten, Matias at ten, um, and, and, you know, a mix of really young and really old, and both really, you know, the younger the youngsters being the, the leaders of the team, the better players. But I like I like them as a group, and I wouldn't be shocked. You know, Florida's a good team too, and if I would have at the beginning of the year, if you'd asked me who's going to be better, the South champion or the ACR, ACRL champion, I would have said hands down the South champion. But Maryland has kind of crept up and, and done so well. Who have they done it against? Other ACRL teams. So maybe we find out that the ACRL is, is a little bit of a fraud as far as how good they are if Florida pounds them. But uh, you know, I think it's Bowling Green easily over Temple, even though Temple will have Gareth Jones. I think Florida-Maryland will be a really, really – could be a really telling a really telling game. And then obviously if one of them not will, have Bowling Green, that would – Will Bowling Green have Rocco Mauer back? Yes, they will. They will. So that's that's a, a, another and Bowling Green is not just about Rocco Mauer. They they've got a, a bunch of very good backs on their team. But what I really like about this entire bracket is 16 teams, 15 of whom are conference champions. It's not a bunch of stuff where it's your number three against our number two or something like that. And and we, we can't complain. Did somebody won a championship? Apart from Davenport, somebody won a championship to get here, and I love that. Well, Alex Bagleby made a point. He sent me an email. Yeah, I think we listed Harvard as the Ivy League champion. So <laughs> make sure you change that. They are the runners up in our league. That is that okay, that's a that's a good point. Uh Harvard is the, the, the backup because Dartmouth won that. And I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why we sort of um uh turned our noses up at that uh, at that matchup. They they are the yeah. Ivy League champ in division one. Yeah. They are. You know, I mean I'd be like saying that Temple beat Navy. They didn't. You know, Temple beat Penn State. You know what I mean? It's just they are the Ivy League champ in Division One, with a with a college premier division team there. They're, they're the Ivy League champ in Division One. I agree. With that. I, I, it's funny that you say that when, when um, Pat, when you said that 
Maryland as the ACRL champ, you would have expected the South champ to smash the ACRL champ straight away. I was expecting you to say, I would have totally expected the ACRL champ to smash the South champ. So I, I would yeah, have no, I would it's just, that Florida's been Florida's been very. I mean, they were very good last year. I think a lot of Florida and Florida State, even though Florida State had a terrible end of their season and really kind of had an unfortunate hampering on their season. But I think that you know, and South Carolina came up and they beat North Carolina in the preseason. And South Carolina, yeah. for a lot of the South season, was not very good in the South. They were the yeah. third team at best, and so that's mm-hmm. part of the reason that shaped my, no, uh, no, my that, opinion. That, there. That, that's fair enough. And and Alex. Um, I went to one of my first coaching clinics many years ago and Mark Weber was an old, an old front row forward. Then. <laughs> <laughs> he was old school back when, uh, he was old school back when I was new school. Now I'm old school. He's real old That's school. Right. You're talk, talking, you know, you're talking like, uh, Marv Levy, Vince Lombardi stuff now. No, <laughs> it's great. No, I, I, I uh, that's absolutely that fits in perfectly. Uh, we also have uh, Division Two uh, Final Four coming up. Right, Sierra. Uh, Sierra is a junior college, two-year school out of Northern California. Uh, they will play our number one, UW Whitewater, Wisconsin Whitewater. Sorry, let me clarify there. Um, in one semifinal, and the uh, Hellsbury Middlebury in the other semifinal. Um, my favorites are our Middlebury and Whitewater to come through here. Salisbury has played some closer games in the round of 16 and round of eight than I think most would have expected. While Middlebury has just been pounding teams. Um, in a very and and they've know. been they're in a tough they're in a tough region because the New England region is is very strong in Division Two. So to come out of that and to win win games well, um, which which they were doing as well is it bodes well for them. Right. There is something to be said, though, for the for Salisbury being able to win the close game. And they played a whole lot of rugby this spring. They went to Ireland on tour. I mean, they played probably more games this spring than any Division II team that's left lying, or maybe that was in the entire Street 16 or the whole country. But there's a lot to be said for, I think, knowing how to win that close game. So that might be might be able to help propel them. The other one, Sierra is a small team. They're a very fast team. They're very fit. Um, and they're not going to be outworked. Um but Whitewater, I think, is going to be a little bit too skilled and uh, perhaps too big for them if they can keep up on the on the perimeter as well. I, it could be a good match. A lot of people have, have, have you know, accused me of uh, underselling Sierra and underselling uh, uh, NorCal a little bit this year. But I think, you know, Whitewater is just going to be too good for them. Undersell them all you want. That Whitewater is going to win that one. They're 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 yeah. huge. I, I I think that one of the reasons that the that the New England Division two teams are pretty are pretty good. There's like eight zillion colleges that are at Division two size student bodies in New England, and to come out of that as a winner, you got you got to be a pretty good team. You got to be pretty dedicated. You got to real you, the, more than anything. You don't even have to be that that great. You have to want to put in the work to make it happen because you got to be consistent. And that's the thing about Division Two rugby. You know, you're great one week when everyone's there, and then, hey, the Who concert is coming to town, and then nobody's playing. They can do it week in and week out, and that's how come they're terrific, and that's why I would say that they're going to win. That. Yeah, they, they do it week in, week, week out, and because of that volume, just about every team ends up being pretty decent, and you have uh, you have – 
Bentley and you've got Vermont and you've got the the Coast Guard Academy. Just off the top of my head, some some really strong teams in there. Coast Guard Academy won the whole thing one year. So it, it and it and and there was a time when when there was, the feeling was if you won New England, that then you're probably going to win nationals. It was that strong. So I I, I do think the, that helps. the other the other the other thing stuff like that happens is if you won New England, you don't care about anything else. Mm. So you just take the rest of it as a tour. Yeah. But and 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 that's where that's that's the one problem that I would look at is if if they don't take winning it seriously. Oh, those Middlebury kids do take it seriously. That's for sure. So I think that is that is it. So that will be our pick. I guess we're we're picking Middlebury against Whitewater, aren't we, Pat? I am. Yeah. That's what I've got for sure. Okay, sounds good to me. I'm taking the junior. You're college. taking the junior college, okay? That, that's that's your dark. That's your dark horse. And poor Salisbury. You know what? We're we're not ignoring them because they are very good. But we we think I I think it's going to be Whitewater the whole way. That's that'll my pick. And I've been woefully woefully wrong before, especially in Division Two, like last year. Let's talk about when I had to flip my rankings on their heads for them to be even close to being accurate. Um, we'll see what happens. Salisbury's mascot. The Salisbury's mascot is not the stakes. I uh, made a joke about that and. First article was Rugby Mag, and I, I haven't lived it down, I don't think, in Salisbury country. They are the Sharks. They are the Sharks. So, All right. right. Well, we, that can be a, a topic of a show one time is college teams that, that don't have the same mascot for their rugby team than is for their regular team. Having been on a college team that did that and it drove me nuts, um, maybe we can talk about that some other time. We are done for this week, and uh, – Pat Clifton, great job. Bruce McLean, outstanding job. Perfect as always. And this is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com saying thanks for listening to Rugamatrix America College Edition. (laughs) 